Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. What a special day this is and how grateful it is that we can, how good it is that we can gather together even though we are separated, still we are united in Christ. Today we celebrate our moms and we celebrate their love and their sacrifice. We remember all that they have done for us, um, often up late at night, early in the morning, taking care of us when we were sick. However, this can be a hard day for those that have dealt with either abuse or indifference in situations that are very difficult. For those that are unable to have children or those that have experienced the loss of a child, this is a very difficult day. Holidays can be hard, just like Christmas or Thanksgiving or other days. Um, when, when there's been pain or suffering, it is a difficult day. We honor the women today that influenced our lives. And while in many, many cases those are our mothers, there are also grandparents and aunts and uncles and others who have ministered to us and have, who have influenced us. And we are grateful for them. And yet today, I want to remind us about a greater love, that, that while we have this love of our, of our moms, of our parents, so God's love for us should be just as significant in our eyes. It should be such an important thing. We've experienced the love of our mothers, and, and that often is our first love, the first experience that we have of love. And yet, God's love, we know how to love because God loved us first. And so for our mothers, for parents, we experience love because of what he did. While it may not be complete, we experience his love through, through our parents and especially our moms. The Bible is one story from cover to cover of God's love and redemption and restoration and how he desires a relationship with us. So I want us to look at that and, and look at some passages today that identify that. Our identity, certainly that's our parents, that's our DNA, but our identity is also with God, that he calls us by name and we are his. He calls us to be his own and he knows us. He really knows us better than we know ourselves. There are numerous passages throughout Scripture that are amazing in God speaking of his love for us. Isaiah 43 is one that is especially important, although there are numerous places throughout Scripture that we can talk about that. But in Isaiah, he talks about how he calls us by name and we are his. He talks about how important we are to him. And regardless of when we go through the water or through the fire, that he is with us, that he does not abandon us, and he cares for us so much. He talks about how we are precious in his sight and he loves us. And oh, if we can kind of get our hearts around that. Sometimes it's so easy to read those words and go, yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. But we often don't receive it for ourselves. And I encourage you this day to, to see the truth of Scripture. And not just something we read and go, yeah, that's cool. But that we would go, we would really receive it for ourselves. Psalm 3, written by David, is, is another passage that talks about God's love for us and how he watches over us. The scripture talks about that, that he is, that we are his glory, and the, that he is our glory and the lifter of our head. So, in discouragement or despair or difficulty, God speaks to us, and he is the one that says that we raise our heads, that we know that he is taking care of us, and he's watching over us. 
Psalm 139 is also a passage that David wrote, and it it talks about how God knows us wherever we are, wherever we go. We cannot go away from his presence, that he is with us, which is an amazingly uh, point of assurance for us that we can't go anywhere and outrun God. One of the passages that really struck out to me was verse 5 when it talks about that he hems us in before and behind, and his hand is upon us. And I see that as a very comforting thing. I don't see that as a thing that is like judgment or, or punishment, but, but a loving Father, that He's there and He's with us. He knows where we are and He knows what we need to do. And yet sin violated the relationship with God. And we know about that. Genesis 3 is a very famous passage. The passage that Pastor John shared just recently from, from Galatians Three and four is very, very famous. In the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those of us under the law, that we would be called children of God. And that is who we are. And to just get that concept, I think sometimes we read the words and we don't receive it. We read it and think, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And maybe it works for other people, but I'm not sure it works for me. And yet it does work for all of us. We all sin. We have all struggled. I think parents do the very best they can. But I know certainly I I have made mistakes and at times hurt my children. And it's so critical in those times to ask for forgiveness that as adults, if part of the training we do with our children is to say, I'm sorry I was wrong, please forgive me. It's so important. It's so important that we understand those kind of things. But I do think parents do the very best that they can. God offers us unconditional love. It's not based upon what we do. It's not based upon what we do. He loves us. His promises are conditional. If you do this, then I will do this. You know, the very passage that we're seeing a lot these days um, if my people who are called by my name will pray and seek my face, then... So, so there's an if-then often in God's promises. His love is the same for us. Unconditional. Unconditional. When babies are born, you know, they are born and they haven't really done anything, and yet we love them. We love them. Unconditional love. To have relationship with God and to understand truly being children of God, it takes accepting Jesus as our Savior, that Jesus came to earth as a baby and grew up to be a man and walked among us, and and he preached and he taught and he brought healing, and eventually he died on the cross and he rose again. He ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us until he comes again. There will be a day that he returns and, and there will be a new creation. So to accept Jesus as your Savior, it's a a prayer. It's not jumping through hoops or or that type of thing, but it's a prayer. And it's a matter of repentance, asking forgiveness, receiving Jesus as our Savior. When I was 13, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, even though my mother took us to church all the time. I mean, we were always in church, but when I was 13, it finally made sense to me. And I remember thinking after praying that prayer, I still went to a, back to a home that things were difficult, and that type of thing. But And while that had not changed, everything changed. Everything changed in me. Everything changed. 
I want to look for a minute at things that might hinder us from God's love. And sometimes that's just everyday living, everyday life. Things happen and it's difficult. Something that I would mention, and this is very, very basic, so I, I almost sort of apologize in advance. But something that can really hinder us is, is unforgiveness. When, when we withhold forgiveness over something that maybe someone did to us or a situation and we hold on to that. Forgiveness is a matter of obedience and it's a matter of, of honoring what God has said. Forgiveness is a decision, not an emotion. And it does not mean reconciliation. It means putting things in God's hands. It means putting things in the place of the one that can do the most. And it also means that that we do not grow in bitterness. If you hold on to, to anger or something that happened to you, um, my experience is often people become very bitter. So we forgive. We forgive because God tells us to. We forgive for our own mental health. We forgive because we don't carry that load anymore. And forgiveness somehow releases the pain of the situation. It's like we can put it in God's hands and receive from him what he has done for us. One of the things that, that sometimes people do when they've had difficult things that they've had to deal with, it's like they build a wall around their heart or around their lives. These are Legos. My kids loved these when they were little. And, and it's like we build a wall. And it's, it's something that we build. I don't think it's anything that God does. I do think, you know, we get to choose. We get to choose how we respond to things. We get to choose how, how we're going to live. And so sometimes we build these walls when we're hurt. And, and, and that can protect us, sort of. I don't think really it does, but it can protect us. But at the same time, it keeps people out. And it keeps God out. I mean, in the sense, he, he is not going to pressure us to do something. I mean, we absolutely can have choice there and, and have... Um, have say there. So it's an, a very, walls are a thing that, that we have to kind of take down and that's with God's help. That's with God's, that's, that's what God does. As we surrender to him, it's a part of surrender. It's not a part of, you know, we build our lives and we hold on to it and that type of thing. I'd like to show you another thing that, that sometimes we really have to deal with. I don't know how it is at your house. Uh, but at my house, weeds grow just fine. <laughs> they, I don't have to plant them. I don't have to put fertilizer on them. I don't have to water them. And it's amazing to me. I pulled this today, and it's not real big. But by next week, it would be huge if I'd left it alone. And the roots grow. It all grows. We have weeds in our gardens and it's not, they don't belong there. They don't really belong in a garden. But I don't know about y'all, but I have to pull them. And sometimes my answer is to just do weed eater, which, you know, the weed eater really helps, but <laughs> the roots are still there. You still have to deal with it. In, we can also have spiritual weeds. And it's not like we all walk around with weeds hanging off of us, but there are things sometimes that are in our hearts or in our spirits that is just difficult things that have happened or something. Sometimes it's not even our fault, but just things that happen. And I think it comes on all the time. I don't think it's just, you know, one time you deal with something, it's completely gone. It may be gone for a season or it may be gone for all of your life, but something we have to look at. I think things like fear, worry, I think sometimes anger, uh, 
I mean, you can, you can make a list of things that can kind of take root in us. And if we let it, it can really take off. And so I think we have to, things that can kind of hinder our relationship with God can be those kinds of things that we need to deal with and we need to look at. And so some practical things to think about. I don't want to just raise these things and y'all go, great, so glad we tuned in. Practical things to think about when we're dealing with this kind of stuff so that we can really receive our position as children of God. Not because he hasn't given it to us, but because sometimes we hold him off. He gives us free will. We get to choose. And to me, that's the greatest love. He doesn't make us love him. He gives us the choice. And some people choose not to. That's their choice. So in dealing with things in our life that might be a hindrance to God's love, we surrender to him. And that may not sound complicated, but it is sometimes hard to do because we think we know best, we think we know what to do, we can handle it, which is probably absolutely wrong most of the time, at least for me. I'll talk about me. That that when there is hindrance to his love, this is God's work. That we need to let God work in us and we surrender to him and he will work deeply in our lives. His promise is to complete in us what he began. And and that's a passage from Philippians. We've been studying that scripture, uh, that, that chapter and that book in the core group meetings. His promise is to complete in us what he has begun. Philippians 4, 8 talks about that we meditate on these things. That we, finally, brethren, whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is right, and it goes on, again, a passage from Philippians, that we think about that rather than thinking about, I'm afraid or I'm scared or I'm worried or what's going to happen. I spoke with someone yesterday who has dealt with a tremendous amount of anxiety. And he said, anxiety is meditating on the wrong things. Now, obviously, anxiety is a thing in your brain, and it's hard to deal with, and sometimes it's very hard to control. But it is true that often with anxiety, we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're focusing on scary things or things that we think might happen. Um, We think about that. We need to focus on what's true. We need to focus on what Scripture says. It may be important to pull one verse and write it out and put it on a card and put it on your mirror and put it in your car on the dashboard and put it at your desk at the office or in your computer or whatever. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. You may have something coming up in a week that you know is going to be very challenging. Find a scripture that deals with it. Find a scripture that will help you through that. It's not just surrendering and asking God to take away something, but we need to replace it. We need to redirect. We need to replace it with Scripture. Jesus dealt with, when he was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he dealt with it with Scripture. And so it's very important to to have Scripture available to honor God and to realize that his word is true and it's powerful. Weeds often aren't always our fault. They just happen. But weeds don't really belong in the garden. Pastor John told the story, the canoe story, a couple of weeks ago and talked about how you have to kneel in the canoe, and I saw that as a position of prayer. You have to kneel in it so it's more stable, and that you have to look where you're supposed to go. If you look off, you'll direct that way. And I think sometimes... 
things that distract us, we have to be very careful about. We need to look to Jesus. We need to look to him. In your greatest struggle, find a verse that applies. That's not hard. And if your kids are struggling with self-esteem or whatever, whatever it is, find a scripture that deals with it. Put it on the mirror where they brush their teeth, hopefully, you know, and all the things they're supposed to do. I encourage you to help your kids with that. Help them understand how important it is to deal with scripture and how important it is to lean on that. The first time I held my children when they were newborns um, was almost a very surreal experience for me. Getting to hold them, there was a point in time when we weren't sure if we'd be able to have children. Um, People prayed for us, the whole church pretty much prayed for us. Um, And when I held Lauren and when I held Robert for the first time, I really understood what it meant to love someone so much that you die for them. And isn't that what Jesus did for us? That before we even knew him, he died for us. That we might have a relationship with God, that we might have eternal life. So today as we celebrate our mothers and give thanks to God for them, do we also really see ourselves as God's children? Do we really see and receive how much he loves us? Are we willing to surrender to him and and let him deal with the places in our heart that needs his healing and needs his touch. We thank God for this day, for Mother's Day, and all they did to sacrifice for us and love us. Do we do the same with God? Sometimes I neglect to just say, tell him how much I love him, or thank him, or thank him for his provision. Do we really receive his love? and let him bring healing in the places where we need it. Oh, may it be so. Let's pray. Oh God, we just thank you that you are with us and you know exactly where we are and you know what's going on in our lives and in our world. We thank you, Lord, that, that you hymn about us, that you are before us and behind us and you place your hand on us, that you love us that you are our glory and the lifter of our head. Oh God, bring healing to us this day. Help us to focus on what is true and right. Thank you for your love, oh God. Thank you for this day. Jesus, thank you for how you care for us. And we are never alone. Amen.